And you know where I'm going with this. Now, I actually, real quick, can I ask yeah. you, do you find this, find these uh, stories at like, um, you know, things that Kirby's not the demo of.com? Like, <laughs> where in the hell do you come up with this shit? Town, summer in the city, back in my neck, feeling dirty and gritty as we open up episode number 102 of the Promo Upfront Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the brand manager of the Big Mac, the vicar of the Velveeta, mm. the captain of the coastline himself, the one and only vacationing Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you today in North Carolina? <laughs> I'm doing outstanding, my friend. Uh, sitting here in a in a beach home, my daughter's right over there making breakfast. Uh, my wife's behind me listening in, so it's uh, it's a big uh, family vacay here in North Carolina. Super excited, and uh, but I'm nice. excited to be here talking to you, buddy. How how are things going with you? Things are good. I'm gonna take off these sunglasses. I wanted to give the illusion <laughs> I was on vacation too, so I grabbed my I like Wally it. World T-shirt. But these things are gonna drive me nuts, so I'm gonna go ahead and toss them away. <laughs> but uh, Doing good, a little under the weather. I thought, you know, I, anytime any of us get sick now, mm-hmm. uh, you think it's COVID. So right. I did take a COVID test. I am COVID free. Good so to know. there is no possible way anybody can get COVID <laughs> by listening to this podcast. Not, right. not even close. But, I, you know, I don't know about you, Kirby, but I was thinking about this as I was preparing for the podcast. And, and I know you do a little preparation as well. I'm very intentional about what I use when I'm writing. And I know you are as well. Sure. That's why I love Shapenko so much because there's so much purpose behind those amazing pencils. Yes, there is. We've got the recycled. I'm sorry. I said, yes, there is. Oh, yes. Yes. They got the recycled (laughs) newspaper pencils for any eco-friendly program. They've got those carpenter pencils for home improvement or hardware stores, trade schools, contractors. I've used them at home when I get a little handy around the house. Uh, not with my wife, but handy with projects. Um, they got patriotic pencils, which are great for ribbon cuttings, elections, any sort of patriotic events. Breast cancer awareness pencil for cost-effective October promotions. Tropicolor bright pencils for the safeties programs or your 80s themed event, right? Mm. We all love those. They even have a mood color changing pencil, Kirby, so we can all see what type of mood you're in <laughs> just by looking at the writing instrument you have been using. So honestly, Kirby, they have it all. They have so many products that are made right here in the US of A. I know you're a big fan of our pals over at Shapenko. Absolutely. And, you know, and we've talked about this a lot, but I think it's, it, it just resonates because it's true. I mean, not only is the product line important, but the people that you work with is impo- are important as yeah. well. And, and Alex and the whole crew over there, not only, you know, do they take good care of you, but the, hon- the honest truth is I just like them. They make me laugh yeah. and, and we have a good time when we're working together. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. that, you know, our partners that allow us to have fun while we do what we do are some of the best partners to work with. Uh, 100% Kirby, you said it best. I couldn't add anything else, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> they are great people, great people to work with. And you said the, the the word that we all know is is gold in this industry. They actually care. They care about your success and they're invested in it. There's nothing better than a cost-effective writing instrument to tie a campaign together. So, and if that weren't good enough, and 
gosh darn it we all know it is i mean we right. can stop right now just we could stop the podcast right now with it good that was, that was a podcast right there that is a gold level podcast right now but we're gonna take it to platinum if that weren't good enough when you put in the code shipenco 22 on your next order Shapenko will hook you up or you can even simp- with some free goods or you can simply email Alex Moltz directly at Alex at Shapenko.com and he's going to send you some random samples and any sort of a mentioned free goods he can get his grubby little hands on so Love it. to use all these purposeful pencils uh, and other writing instruments to see them go ahead and visit them at Shapenko.com all right Kirby so this is kind of a vacation themed podcast I suppose you're in North Carolina um, it is a thousand degrees Kelvin here in Tennessee. It seems like we're in a heat dome everywhere, but I don't know if you saw this. I know you're on vacation, so I don't expect you to, but yep. okay. uh, I don't know if you saw that, you know, McDonald's sold all of their restaurants in Russia when mm. Russia invaded Ukraine and they sold them for $1.4 billion. Well, they, they left the equipment. They left everything. Okay. They've been, they've been reopened. Under the name Vukusno and Chochka, which is, is the name is Tasty and That's It. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Which many of my dates have described me that way. But <laughs> yeah. that's beside the point. Uh, so they have new Russian ownership. They, they've opened up one store in Moscow and Red Square. They plan to open up 200 by June. Uh, the end of June and 850 by the end of summer. So they're, they're going to get going here. Yeah. So their new slogan is the name changes. Love stays. Doesn't that make you feel all warm and toasty in your North Carolina hat? Yeah. So the interior is the same, but it's going to lose all McDonald's branding. The goal is that guests don't notice the difference in either quality or ambiance. And it's a smaller menu, but obviously there's no Big Mac. Mm. Um, the composition of the burgers hasn't changed. And the McDonald's equipment, as I mentioned before, hasn't changed. So customers are seeing very little difference aside from cola choices, right? Coca-Cola is not doing business in Russia either. Okay. So the interesting thing about this, I just want to give that back home. So they have a new logo. Okay. And their logo is an abstract M built out of two sticks of fries and a circular patty, burger patty, with a green backdrop to instill a sense of quality. So if you look at it at a glance, it looks like an old school Marriott logo. There's a couple other, or it looks like a Warner Brothers. Remember, you know, the Warner Brothers mm-hmm. logo upside yeah. down as an yeah. M? So. I guess my question with all this is we can get into the branding, but you probably haven't seen it. So there's no point in discussing it. It's, it's a little confusing. Uh, mm-hmm. That's okay. When McDonald's went into Russia at the end of the cold war, it was seen as a sense of hope. It was a scene as, as a sense right. as, as a symbol of change with this type of, I mean, almost turning back the clock. Right. What does this mean? Is this, is this a good thing for, will this brand succeed in Russia mm. or will it not? I mean, everybody knows it used to be McDonald's and now it's Vuskino and Chochka. <laughs> um, will it succeed? You know, I think that, um, what, what does that stand for again? Tasty and that's it. Tasty we... and that's it. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I think if they uh, stick to the idea of tasty and that's it and stick as close to the policies and procedures as McDonald's as they can, then I think they've got a pretty good shot because there's not alternative um, options or not nearly as many right now in Russia, right? And when you talk about the, um, my guess is they're hiring back same staff, all that sort of thing. I mean, the thing is, is nobody thinks that McDonald's burgers are the best. They, the process is what, you know, when you, when you as a franchisee buy a, a 
a right. business there, you're buying a business, right? Mm-hmm. And if they can stick to the franchise model as close as possible, mm-hmm. it sounds like they've got the equipment, they've got everything. Mm-hmm. I think I think it very much can succeed. Like again, mm-hmm. everything's dependent upon management, but yeah. of course. Well, and my understanding is they are getting ingredients from the same places and all yeah. that. So, so it's going to be the same food. <laughs> it's going to be the same food. You know, you know, I and, and there are actually lower prices. But here's the thing I see. I mean, obviously, it's a return to isolationism of the Cold War, right? Yeah. So it's the old Berlin Wall thing. We're going to keep everybody out and all that. I don't know how long this lasts, but here's what I will tell you. You know, you, it would have done, I think they would have done a much better job from a branding perspective to not even try to emulate McDonald's, keep the equipment. I mean, the equipment's valuable. There's, there's value in that, but I think it would have been a good idea for an entrepreneur in Russia to take that equipment and turn it into a different brand entirely, as opposed to McDonald's light, because what happens is you're right. I love your, what you said, the policies and procedures that make McDonald's consistent, right? That's yeah. what McDonald's sells, consistency. Agreed. Those erode over time without training. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I don't care what business you're in. Over time, that will erode without continual process improvements, continual training, continual reinforcement. Yep. As you hire new people in, they're trained a little less yep. well as previous generations. So <clears throat> I, think you, I think you had an opportunity here investing $1.4 billion dollars to really redefine something else and make almost if, if people are wanting that Western style experience mm. in a fast food, I think you could have created your own. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I, with that's, the, that's what I thought. Yeah. Especially with the investment in the equipment. Um, I, I didn't see or read a lot of this. I, it's funny. I, I think I saw like something in one of the emails that I read for news where it talked about it, but I kind of skimmed it really fast and moved over it but i appreciate the deeper dive because (laughs) tasty and that's it honestly that's the part i want to rip off i think that if if you are a uh, a brewery or uh, a a burger joint right now tasty and that's it i i kind of actually like it's it's any food line here are your pretzels they're tasty that's That's it it. yeah that's That's right there's no sparkles all right, Kirby, let's amp up this podcast with our second topic brought to us by our good pals over at Promo Pulse. Hey, it's already the middle of June, folks. What are you doing to per- present consistently your marketing plan, your sales? What are you doing consistently to get your message out to your clients? Well, there's an easy way to do that. Beautifully, stunningly, not beautifully stunning, stunningly beautiful outbound marketing from our pals at Promo Pulse. Perfect if you're not doing any marketing at all. So head over to promopulse.io slash amp and learn a little bit more how you can set your marketing and forget it in only five minutes. All right, Kirby, what kind of topic do you have for us for topic numero dos? Numero dos. Um, You know, I think... This is a little bit more of a, a branded merch topic. Um, being here this week, one of the things that this has reminded me, vacation is really a reminder this time of the power of promo. Um, you oh, know, yeah. each oh, day, yeah. you know, you've probably seen a couple of my uh, social media posts. Like, no, I blocked you. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am annoying. Um, but the, I think that every single day I am using merch and like really nice merch, right? Like, and and again, I've become a snob about t-shirts and whatever, but you know, one day I'm carrying a cooler down to the beach. The next day I've got a little tote bag and then beach towels and all this stuff. And as I look around, um, there's power in that. And so my first takeaway was, gosh, I think for those listening to the podcast, getting our, our end users would value that just as much as I do. And I'm a snob about it, right? So that's number one, but number two, it also reminds me 
um, back in the 90s, I think it was, Clint Black wrote a song and in the lyrics, he said, ain't it funny how a melody can bring back a memory? Um, and I always liked that lyric. And it occurred to me yesterday as I bought this $24 hat um, that mm-hmm. merch does that too right? Like yeah. whether it's a t-shirt, we, we've talked about concert t-shirts um, many times, but to, I, I bought this and I was like, you know what? Hats right now have become my thing that I look for when I'm, I don't yeah. take a, a hat often on vacation. I right. purchase one because I want to remember that. And I think that done right, merch has the opportunity to obviously you do that on vacation, but I think the best distributors create an experience around what they're doing and Vacation is a great reminder for me of that. Does that make sense? 100%. Um, you know, I think as you get older <laughs> and wiser, ideally, <laughs> you realize that the important things are in life are experiences over <laughs> um, physical things. However, what promo does, it marries the two, right? right and that's what right. you just explained. So just like a song can take you back in time, it's a time machine. Um, promotional products can be that too. Um, take you back to that vacation. You know, I, I, I love that analogy. I always have, and I do, you know, I have seen all the field testing you're doing out there this week. You got some towels I've seen and coolers and some great stuff. And it is a great reminder when promotional products is done properly, when it's done right, when it's done with intention, when it's done with the end user in mind and how they're going to actually use this, right? Not just how do I get my brand in front of them? That's the easy part. It's how are they going to use this? What are they going to do with this in a month? Yeah. What are they going to do with it in two months? Will they have it in six months? You know, that's why I always figure, man, if I ever worked on the supplier side, I think I might want to work at Pro Towels because <laughs> I think selling towel, I think towels, I just love that story, right? You, it's, it's a 15 year impression. We all have towels that we have in our linen closet and most of us know exactly what brands are on there. And we've had them for years because nobody throws that stuff out. Right. There are other promotional products that people don't throw out either. There's tons of them, coolers and Yeti yeah. mugs or, you know, vacuum seal tumblers, things like that. Uh, pencils. Nobody throws out a pencil. People that's right. Pencils. Use them until, you know, anyway. But, but that's my point. <laughs> I love that analogy. I do think you see that. And, and you get to tie in what we all, you know, you go on vacation. You're really buying a memory. You're buying yeah. an experience that turns into a memory. And what a promotion product can do it will support that and really be that time machine to transport you back. Well, and I, I think that the the lesson there, I think for us as distributors and, and suppliers and those just in the industry mm-hmm. is how do we start envisioning campaigns that way, right? Yep. When our clients come to us and say, hey, I want to put my logo on a t-shirt. It's like, okay, yep. but what's Why? the, yeah, what's the experience that you're trying to create? What's the, what's the memory you're trying to create? And I think when you do that, you create merch that matters. And uh, so okay. I, yeah, it, it just had me thinking this week when I had a little yeah. bit of time off. I love that. And I think the question you can ask Mr. or Mrs. Distributor, when, when someone says, I want my logo on X, what do you want the target audience to feel when they see that six months yeah. after they get it? What do you want them to feel? What emotion is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. I remember getting this. Oh, I yeah. got this at this great conference or gosh, I can't believe I haven't thrown this out because that <laughs> unfortunately can't right. be the thought if you're yeah. not intentional about it. So asking that question also separates you from your competition because very few people are going to take the time to ask that they're too busy trying to write an order as right. opposed to create a, an effective promotional uh, campaign. All right, Kirby, four day work week from our pals at ASI. Okay. We've talked about this a little bit before, but the thoughts really, really, really 
uh, really, if I could use the word really one more time, <laughs> really gaining traction. Mm. 63% of businesses who have a four-day work week found it easier to attract and retain talent. Okay. 78% of employees with a four-day work week reported being happier and less stressed. Mm-hmm. And then they listed four strategies for implementation. I just want to okay. run these yeah, okay. for you. Be, strate- be strategic on which day off people can take. So for example, customer service, if you have a customer service aspect to your organization, you're going to have to stagger that a little bit to make sure there's coverage, right? Okay. Um, emphasize communication, right? That's, a, I mean, some of these are kind of like, well, no shit. Um, <laughs> do, a tr- do a trial run. Makes sense. My favorite one though, and I think this is one I really want to dig into, is focus on output, not hours. And to me, that's tying compensation to delivery of whatever it is people do. It's something I've always focused on. I don't really care when people work, when I've managed people. I really don't. As long as, you know, by this time on this day, it's done and it's the way it needs to be and so on and so forth. So I wanted to get your take on that. I'm pretty sure you agree with me. So I don't care if it's a three-day work week, as long as people are getting stuff done. Now, I might kind of start wondering, maybe I need to put more on your plate, but yeah, yeah, right. it doesn't matter. So yeah, I'm, I'm always intrigued by the four-day work week um, <laughs> because I think everybody would, you know, me included, yeah. right? I, I struggle sometimes as an entrepreneur understanding how logistically that would work because, and, and mm-hmm. what you said at the beginning was actually yep. interesting to me when you talked about the staggered work week. So in other words, and I, you know, when I think four day work week, I'm like, okay, everybody works Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday, and we got a three day mm-hmm. weekend every weekend, right? right. Which sounds right. great, but clients call on Friday. Hell, we got clients they calling do. on Saturday. And so right. it's like, um, the, the part that I struggle with is how to manage that and, and staggering the work week is something I hadn't really considered um, just because generally I like us all to be working. Sure. Um, but that's, I am intrigued by it, but I struggle with the idea of the implementation of it. Um, yeah. But I think you, what, where you are right is you're seeing more and more studies about it and, and how it can work um, done right. I'd like, again, for those who are, like, we'll use uh, as an example, one of our things we do in house is print, right? But yep. somebody physically has to do it, right? Like, it, sure. And so the challenge is that, like, this week, mm-hmm. um, our, our print and production coordinator is on vacation the same week I am. And so we literally emailed all our clients and said, look, we're just not doing print no this print week. There's week. no way we can't. Yeah. Um, and I don't like doing that, but there's no physical way when, the, when, when yeah. you know, the, the person's not there, the backup's not there, you know. It, it changes the dynamics of it. So I yeah. love the idea of it, but the implementation yeah. of it is something I at least haven't been able to get my head around yet. So this might shock you. I actually agree with you. I do not like the idea of a specific day. Okay. To me, that makes very little sense, especially for small businesses, smaller businesses. It makes if fine. If you're Coca-Cola or whatever, yeah, you could probably do that and pull yeah. that off. I think for smaller businesses, having a specific day makes zero sense because it you're... One person's day off might be every Thursday and Thursday might one Thursday might the shit might hit the fan. Right. You exactly. need all hands on deck. So I don't love that again to me. It's okay. Look, I'm not going to care, especially if you're remote. Now, granted, you have different, a little right. different situation because you have a building where everybody goes. Exactly. But especially with the pandemic. And I think more, more and more companies are getting uh, more and more comfortable with people working remotely. Tie it to a couple things. One production. Are you getting your job done to the satisfaction and the excellence that it needs to be done? Number two, responsiveness. Yeah. That's the key. 
because I can, I, I, the global I, or you, the global you, you can be not working, but be responsive. Right. And, mm-hmm. and no one knows you're not working. Right. That's the beauty of it. As long as you are really pumping out things, you can cut out a little early. You can have an afternoon off. You can t- take an hour or two here and there, right. For yourself. So I don't like the idea of a specific day. I just like the idea of, I think the, I think the, I think again, what you're going to see is this continual evolution in the workforce mm-hmm. where eight to five, nine to five doesn't really exist anymore. That hasn't existed for years. I mean, you and I, and most mm-hmm. everybody I know works, look, client emails me at nine o'clock at night and I'm awake. I'm probably going to respond to them or right. I'll get up first thing in the morning and respond to them. So I think tying it to output and production makes a lot more sense. And then giving people the flexibility of, yeah, I don't care. Go, go, go cut out early and go to that concert or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think flexibility is something that I've always uh, sort of prided our organization on. We're not the biggest. So um, the reality of it is we can't always pay the most or whatever, but as I've said a million times, it's like, I, I, I want to see my kids games when they were growing up. Yeah. So I expect that you will too um, no. until, you know, until you feel like you're being taken yeah. advantage of and, you know, I've had pretty good luck in that when you do um, sort of respond that way for employees, a lot of times they feel um, um, indebted is a wrong word, but there's a rule of reciprocity there that they were like, hey, you've given me this, I want to do a good job. Um, And so I think that the four-day work week is something that's super interesting. And and like I say, if you're in sales, it's actually pretty easy to implement, but it's, it's, I think, the internal team that I struggle the most with. Yeah. Well, and what you said was really interesting, Kirby. Um, I think I think you're right. And, and what I think it goes back to, if you want to do a four-day work week, you better hire very, very, very well. Right. Because that's where it begins. Because your rule of reciprocity is dependent and having the, this type of a trust system in terms of work output and right. not chained to a desk requires you to hire very, very well. So yeah. I thought it was an interesting topic. Thank you, ASI, for the topic. Kirby, yeah, you got another good. one for us? Yeah, I saw a, a blog. One? Yeah, this is, again, I think this is just an interesting blog post from yeah. Seth Godin that I wanted your take on. And it, um, yeah. you know, I read his blogs nearly every single day. And this was marketing versus promotion. Mm-hmm. And his concept is that people often use the words to mean the same thing, but they're different. And, right. you know, marketing is creating the conditions for a story to spread so that you can yep. help people get to where they hope to go. Promotion can right. support that, or it might simply be a selfish hustle, right? And right. I think that, you know, we talk, you know, we've talked about the idea of giving first. And I think, um, you know, part of my concept, it, what I find is that Seth Godin tends to say things better than I do. And then I'm like, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> better than most of us do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's, I think that's what I meant for years yeah. when I'm talking about giving first, you're providing a, yeah. a place where there's value and you're telling a story that adds value and promotion is just buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. Mm-hmm. So I guess, a, I think that you would agree with that, but B, you know, how do you, as a distributor, how do you as brand evade? Sometimes yeah. try to um, walk that line. Because by the way, it doesn't mean promotion's bad, right? Prom- no, promotion. promotion's necessary. Yeah, I think that where we get it mixed up is when we're trying to, we're doing promotion, but we think it's marketing, if that makes any yeah. sense. And so how do you walk that line? It, it is a tough tightrope to walk. Um, and, and I'm sure, you know, we cross that line when we shouldn't at times. I sure. like to think we're on the right side of that. For me, it's when, when, I'm, when I think about marketing in terms of a company, 
It is informing, mm -hmm. educating, yeah. and entertaining. To me, those are marketing. Mm -hmm. Asking is promotion. Right. So I, that's what I ask myself. Whenever we're doing a marketing campaign, whether it's for us or for a client, I always think of, is it, is it educating? Is it informing? Or is it entertaining? That's what marketing should be. And generally, it should, it's what marketing does is lead you to the ask. Right. Right. It's walking Ultimately. someone down the... Right. What walking down someone down the primrose path. So when we have like we have a marketing campaign for Brandivate right now, <clears throat> very tongue in cheek, things we're not good at. Right. We we stink at making pizza mm -hmm. and we have a funny pizza box that says, you know, made yesterday but warmed up today. Mm -hmm. and right. da, da, da. You know, we would be terrible at making pizza, but hey, we're really good at branding. Let us know if you want to talk about it. To me, that is marketing. Right. It's a small ask, but again, there's that tightrope, right? Because right. I am asking. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Totally. We are asking, but it, it I, I love that thought. And I think, I think it can bleed over a little bit, right? Oh, it's, yeah. it's not this hard line in the sand. I think that intentionality plays a lot into it, right? I think that, you know, um, when we like, my example would be, so one of the, the pieces you said informing, right? So a blog mm -hmm. post, I think where we get it wrong sometimes is where we write a blog post and we're like, it's, this is going to be informing, but then we go for the ask immediately in the middle Correct. of that, right? Like it's, Correct. it's about like, if you're going to give, if you're going to do that, yeah. do that. If you're going to ask, yeah. ask, like it, as long as it's Correct. just not always asking, which is, I think we're another place where it gets sideways. 100%. If you look at like, and again, I use brand of as an example, mm -hmm. all the marketing we do, the blog I write every Monday, there's never an asking. Right. That is a pure piece of, of content. Um, the midweek marketing moment, the video I do, yep. again, there's no asking that. Yep. Uh, wondering Wednesday. That's just fun, entertaining. There's no asking that. The campaign we do do on Thursdays. That's the ask. That's right. we. I like to think we're informing and educating, or probably it's entertaining, making someone giggle a little bit. But there's always an ask there. We have to give them a vehicle to get get of to course. where we hope they go. Yeah. The podcast, not much of an ask here. Nope. Uh, the the beverage of the week, again, not much of an ask. So we really do live that thing we've talked about, probably more to a 90-10 rule than an 80-20. Right. And I'm comfortable with that. We're comfortable with that. That's what we do. And that's what we recommend clients do as well. Again, and you can hit people. It's about being present, right? right. And doing all these things at once, um, doing all these things at once, and then getting the asking. But when you ask, I love what you said. When you ask, be intentional about it. Be, yeah. be, be, be direct about it. Hey, we do this. We can help you. Here's why. Come here. Do this. Push that. Yeah, there's a there was a, a book called uh, Appreciation Marketing. I think it was called. Yeah, I read mm -hmm. years ago, and they talked about that where it's like when you're showing appreciation, just do that. Don't like yeah. th their example. And this is not a shot at anybody who does this, but they're, if you're yeah. writing a thank you note, don't include a business yeah. card. Just absolutely. Just be just, just write a them. thank you note. <laughs> and yeah. I think that that's. Uh, I thought that was really interesting at the time I read that. I was like, ooh, I've done that where I include them. But when they said it, I'm like, okay, I actually like that. When you're doing appreciation, just do that. When you're doing an ask, ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right, Kirby, real quick, before we wrap up the podcast, yep. I wanted to ask you a question. This okay. has been bothering me. I, I'm kind of embarrassed to be honest with you. It's been bothering me for months since I've been meaning to ask you and I have to do it on the podcast. What if sweet cheese and nail polish had a baby? Yeah. Um, I really don't know where to go with that. 
Well, Kirby, I'm going to answer that question for you. You get the cheesiest collaboration no one asked for. That's right. Nails Inc., a nail polish company, and Velveeta Cheese have created scented nail polish. Okay? You get, uh, so that is their latest collaboration. It's got a cheese, it's got that gooey yellow color to it and all that. Mm. I know what you, so you can, I, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. I, I some collaborations we've talked, we talked about this on episode 100 collaborations. We'd really like to see, right? Yeah. 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 This is one. I don't think anybody wants to see. <laughs> and, and, and the fact that it's scented like Velveeta cheese kind of makes me want to retch, but it did get me thinking Kirby. Okay. And you know where I'm going with this. No, I actually real quick. Can I ask yeah. you, do you find this, find these uh, stories at like, um, you know, things that Kirby's not the demo of.com. Like <laughs> where in the hell do you come up with this shit? You don't want to know my browsing history. Kirby. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. So I thought of four other collaborations that I don't ever want to see. Oh, Nobody okay. should ever want to see. Okay. Okay. And I want to get your take on these because uh, you agree. That's a dumb one. That makes no it, sense. It's, Velveeta it's is like Velveeta is like government cheese. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, it's great for queso, but what else? Okay. There's nothing. Okay. All right. Four collaborations no one wants to see. Oscar Mayer Bologna. Remember they did the face masks? Mm-hmm. I, bought Mayer one, I bought one for my daughter, by the way. She was like, I remember. totally, I totally mortified. <laughs> All right. Oscar Mayer Bologna. I don't want to see this. Oscar Mayer Bologna and Dr. Scholl's shoe inserts. <laughs> I think that's a bad collaboration. I don't know. I mean, face masks, shoe soles. Okay. Um, paper clips. Okay. And Twizzlers. I don't think that would really bind your papers very well together. That's, uh, yeah, okay. Right. As a little sugar any sort of writing that. instruments, any sort of like pen in Heinz ketchup. I don't think writing with a, a condiment would be good. Okay, all right. The last one, Pampers, diapers, mm-hmm. something your family's familiar with right now with your new grandson. Yep. Pampers in a Baby Ruth candy bar. Bad combination. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. But I'll tell you what people do want to see, Kirby. They want to see some intentional writing instruments. That's right. From our good, 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 strong pals at Shepenko, right? Yep. We know what they do. Alex Moltz, Daniel Towns, Dan Towns, the entire crew there. They have so much purpose behind their amazing pencils. They have recycled newspaper pencils, carpenter pencils, patriotic pencil, pencils, breast cancer awareness pencils, tropicolor bright pencils, even that mood changing pencil so we can avoid Kirby when he's feeling a little down but he's not feeling down today because we've had a really fun podcast and you're gonna have a good time if you head over to shapenko.com to see all their amazing writing instruments and remember if you email alex moltz at alex at shapenko.com he's gonna hook you up with some free goods he's gonna hook you up and help you out so again shapenko.com thank you for your sponsorship kirby thank you for taking time um on your vacation to do this absolutely i've got to go uh, see marty moose over here in a few minutes so uh we'll catch you on the flip side all right see you